0: Well, what's the crack? Hey, what's I, found just, you? I just love your intro song. It got me so excited, and I have such like energy going through me after that. I love it too um i I love I
1: love just creating new things and um going into the unknown sometimes sometimes sometimes, and that was one of the things that I did um. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you jumping on here with me this evening to, uh, so, so honored. to explore the now moment. Um, I'm loving the pictures behind us.
0: <laughs> How divine. Um, I think mine is circles and yours are lanterns. I think so. One of my... Uh... One of my soul sisters, one of my best friends, got it for me 2 years ago for Christmas. And um I've had it and I love it and it's amazing and I saw you had one. And I was like, "Should we should we hang these together and be similar because it'd I be it. fun to take a deep dive into the magical forest." <laughs> What's going on with you
1: at the moment? What are you experiencing? What's going down? <sighs>
0: lots of really good things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, um, it's spring, a lot of new seeds are being kind of cracked open, getting ready to germinate and sprout. And I'm finding that I need to refocus more and make sure I'm nourishing myself in order to produce all the things I want to produce right now. um, Because I do, I have certain, certain goals and things I'm sticking to, and I enjoy being devoted to that. But it's also important to meet myself with ease and love and grace and support and ask myself each like what it is I need most in order to be of service first to myself and then others so I've just noticed there's been a nice dance of uh devotion and discipline in the past week for me showing up what about you uh
1: you know I love that it's uh, a it's either in my world it kind of even either rains or it pours um Mm. that's been the 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 dance I've done (laughs) for a long time um we were chatting prior and I was talking to you about For me, what's happening is the dance between resistance and allowance. So Mm. like yourself, um, experiences coming about that are offering definite opportunities for growth and expansion and change. And me leaving like literal claw marks on everything going. "Ah!" So it's like, you know, your body signaling to you. uh, Let's do this shit. And then at the same time, I'm like, you're going to get us killed. Why? Why can't you just? you know, stay safe, be safe, um, and, you know, keep everything, uh, new out. Um, it's a little bit like that. And I'm just observing it. I'm trying Mm. not to uh, get too caught up. And I think the whole theme of resistance versus allowance is definitely something that a lot of people are, are going through at the moment as, um, Life, life just changes the it it the ebb and flow of um, of trying to find that that center point of kind of getting the balance in between, isn't it? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to ask you about was in your in your say your field. I know you you're you're working doing the uh, sea goddess. Um, what is it? Is it's the it's the it's the the page that that you guys share um, is a group of you guys working in sync, yeah, bringing this new energy, this new essence, this new vibe to life. Um, what what are you witnessing unfold in that in that space?
0: Well, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm I'm helping give birth to this new project called Sea Goddess Healing Arts, and. For me, I've always, one of my happy places, no matter where I live in the world, has always been just imagining myself floating in in the water and being held by the sea. And I grew up um, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, well, right outside of it. And um, I've always been going to the beach my whole life. And no matter where I've lived, it was always like my happy place. So life as life does it threw me back here a couple years ago. And a little over a year ago, I reconnected with a bunch of soul sisters um, in the same area As me. And all of us, none of us wanted to move back home. None of us wanted to end up back in Jersey at this time, but we all did. And we all slowly met through this yoga studio, um, actually a Reiki studio, our friend, our beautiful friend, Abra, um, through different moon circles and yoga classes and things. And started to become friends. And then the pandemic happened and it was wild. And we were all able to talk to one another and support one another through it and grow like true authentic friendships and share fears or concerns. And like everyone was just able to be seen and heard without judgment. And we were very live and let live and whatever feels most in alignment for you is probably best for you right now. So Hmm. shortly after I met them, I got woken up by a vision on my ceiling, um, basically of what kind of looks like our sea goddess logo now, Hmm. but it was like this big, beautiful woman coming out of the ocean and it was like her, her tail or her dress were waves and it had a big, beautiful, um, like Chokurei symbol through it for Reiki and, uh. I don't get a lot of visuals like that. Mm -hmm. I'm highly intuitive. I'm definitely psychic. I get some visions and whatnot. But for me to wake up and have like a major visual like that was big. So I'm like, all right, don't know what this means quite yet, but I honor it and thank you for showing it to me and I'm going to see what happens. And so slowly over the summer, this whole group of like amazing women who are artists and healers and um, teachers and just visionaries of the new earth all gathered together and we realized that we wanted to create like a collective called sea goddess healing arts because we all met at the beach we all met because we've been on our own sovereign journeys healing mm-hmm. ourselves and finding our own divine feminine uh, and it's been absolutely amazing so we decided to um establish the business back in like j- january and then right after that we were offered an opportunity to host a um festival, because we had a vision of playing sound bowls in the uh, Atlantic City Lighthouse, which is like right here. And we went over and presented it. Uh, one of our business partners, Rachel, works there as a volunteer. She's a light keeper. And they just loved it. And now it's just turned into this really big, beautiful thing. So on May 1st, uh, in honor of Beltane and welcoming the light, we're going to have a, a beautiful festival called the Light and Sound Healing Festival. And it's going to be great. It's going to have yoga all day and workshops and food vendors and other vendors and then the end of the day culminates with everyone kind of laying on their yoga mats outside and then we're going to broadcast the sound bowls kind of throughout the city and we're going to um and we're going to broadcast it online too so that anyone who wants to can join and I'm so excited and it's just been this really beautiful organic thing that I just feel so honored to be a part of and Mm. I'm witnessing it and helping it to co-create as it happens so it's pretty cool
1: yeah the magic happens in the core collaborations isn't it It really really does, because I think, you know, everybody's having their own individual personal journey right now, Um, and whatever they're going through uh, individually is nearly like um, uh, mirrored with the people around us. I know definitely in my world at the moment, there's five people um, and myself, and we're all in the same um, kind of space. We're in this We're having uh, similar experiences from just through different lens um but the 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 capacity then to the ability the freedom to go and turn around and, and have these conversations share experiences so that you don't feel so alone if it's chaos and you're able to celebrate the epic stuff if it's um if it's the the flip side is really important to have right now i think um you guys when you when you create, do you come in from a different angle with each of your own specific
0: gifts, talents, um, perspectives? Totally. I think we all have kind of that ancient remembering of wanting to create heaven on earth in some way or another, and we always, we all had this kind of unshakable feeling of there was something we're kind of here to do, and we want mm-hmm. to help create peace and, and sovereignty. But the cool thing about it is we all just get to show up as we are. And as we show up as we are, we've kind of figured out our lanes and our light and what it is. So like Mm. we're starting, I think, with six of us. And I'm an ascension guide. We have um, a girl who does intuitive jewelry, another one who's an astrologist, another one who's a painter and an artist, um, a yoga instructor and a shaman, a sound healer. So it's really cool because we all see the same kind of golden thread and we all kind of operate to similar beliefs within our own own beings. But because of that, we've been able to shine a light on what it is we're most wanting to share at this time. And the way we're setting this up is so that that can ebb and flow with us because we're going to change. I'm not the same person I was five minutes ago. Mm. We're all going to change. We're all going to ebb and flow and grow. But at the same time, we can honor each other and co-create. And it's been kind of cool because there's been a lot of lessons in unattachment, especially through all of us just holding space and connecting and all the things going on in the world right now. And everyone's scared and doesn't know what's happening. And every single person's being attacked by an invisible enemy right now. So that like unites us. But it brings in different... um, things for different people. So there might be one day where, where one of the sisters is just having a rough day and losing it or not feeling accepted by their family or something. Where, and then the same day, one of us is rising. And the cool thing about it is we can just be in unattachment. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to take on just because someone, one of us is having a bad day doesn't mean everyone has to. There's this like ebb and flow and there's like this unconditional support. And you can just show up and cry all day if you want or yeah. laugh all day or get goofy. And because of that and the authenticity, we've been able to really co-create a lot and it's been pretty cool to witness i think
1: there's huge growth in uh, in group situations like that um in some cases it's the perfect minefield for um triggers um yeah. and and you know the space to see where you have some more growth um as always we're always growing um what i was going to ask you about with regards to the topic of attachment you said a couple of minutes ago who you are right now is not who you were five, uh, who you are now is not who you were five minutes ago, five years ago, you know, five, five minutes, whatever it looks like. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you personally navigate that? So you, you talked about uh, non-attachment. H- how do you navigate change and non-attachment? Because I know a lot of people struggle
0: with yeah. both sides of that that's the big dance. That's the big work, I think, is starting to really get yourself present enough to do the work in real life moments. Like, yes, meditation and yoga and and reading and things like that and self-care time are important. But the biggest self- care and co-creation and change in your own evolution is how you show up in each moment and in each interaction and if you give yourself grace and forgiveness each time and then tell yourself you kind of want to do better it helps a lot so earlier you were talking about triggers and so that's one of the best ways to start and this is what i call like the upward spiritual journey the path of ascension is doing these these harder kind of things when you're triggered or in the moment for me, triggers are just opportunities to heal, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, anything, whatever it is, it's something saying, hey, there's an imbalance here. Something's not in alignment. Now, is there such a thing as sacred rage? Like, yeah, if you're walking, I always use the example, if I'm walking down the street and I see someone kick, kick a puppy, like I'm going to probably be angry and go say something because it's not okay and it's in, it's not in alignment for, for most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, when you get triggered, it's always an opportunity to say, okay, is this an old wound? Is this something that I'm doing? Um, I'm repeating it because I'm letting it, you know, come back and tell me the same story and have that same effect. Is it coming up because I want it? I want to release it. I want to heal it. I want to see it and, and send it off and let it go. Is it coming up because there's something that's violating my soul right now and my path? Mm -hmm. And what is that? So for me, it's about practicing the pause and allowing myself to, um, It really was the dance of switching over from reacting to responding. Mm-hmm. And like once you can kind of take a breath each and every time, it almost feels like you kind of you step out of the matrix and it's like these womp womp moments where it slows down. Time slows down just a little bit and you have an opportunity to respond. But for me, the biggest part of it was changing my mindfulness and telling myself, it's OK, Mandy, I forgive you for having a trigger or lashing out like, you know, you, you're gonna, you know better now, you're going to do better. And I forgive you in this moment and not beating myself up and releasing the negative self-talk and allowing myself Grace and peace. So it's not an easy thing, but for me, it's all about like right here and practicing the pause and how I choose to let my energy um, interact and come out with the world and, yeah. and be all of that. And sometimes it's a split decision. Like if someone's kicking a puppy, I'm probably going to feel some rage and want to want to step in, you know. So it's about giving yourself just those moments to. And permission to allow yourself to be fully present in who you are as a human, in what's happening with you, and then deciding what it is you want to do about it at that time. And like like you said before, just allowing it to happen makes all the difference, I feel.
1: Yeah. Sometimes when you're in it, it's very difficult to uh, discern. Um, it's difficult to discern <laughs> like if you're in the throes of something that has really riled you up, um, to remember to catch that, that breath, to take that space, um, and to know the difference between what's sacred and what is, what's the word I'd like to use here? Stagnant. Mm. The difference between what's sacred and what's stagnant, because there's a huge difference, yeah. but we have years worth of conditioning um that we that we invested into so um it's sometimes hard to discern which is which especially like you said if you've got old stories replaying if you if you've been popped back into a scenario with an old person an old situation an old experience and the opportunity for your growth is being reoffered again and again and again from all of these multiple angles but like you know, what's going on here behind us with the, with the trees, um, the branches of them. Um, but we keep being offered opportunities for the growth. What I wanted to ask you about was um, the sacred anger that you mentioned, sacred anger versus um, like a, a, a triggered response. How did you get to the place that you could really, identify the difference because anger I think is is something that a lot of people don't touch to discuss don't touch to um explore because we're hardwired again to believe that it's it's bad it's naughty yeah can't do that shameful yeah shame yeah (laughs) infused by shame
0: We're, we're deconditioning ourselves or, you know, trying to reprogram from a society that taught us to operate in a constant state of guilt, shame, criticism and fear all the time, whether it was through schools or your country or your parents or your religion, you know, we are all kept bound via via those energies. So that's just it, getting really aware of what the energies are coming through you. Feelings are just a thought in motion, you know, mm-hmm. and a thought can be changed is what Louise Hay always says, you know, and energy is emotion. It's like, it's moving all this stuff. So once you sit with yourself for a little while, and this happens for me in everyday moments, I attribute I moved a lot as a kid. We moved pretty much like every three years or so. Um, I've worked a ton since I like was 14 in all kinds of different situations. So for me, I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities to practice. Yeah. Um, one of my most intense jobs was working with um, – with men who were homeless for like 20 plus years and were just leasing up into their first apartments. And they have a lot of anger and rage <laughs> and different things that come out. So I had a lot of practice and a lot of training ground. And I feel like every single everyday moment is practice and training ground for that. You might wake up and have a have a crappy morning and a bad attitude, but that doesn't mean you can't take a breath and reset and forgive yourself. I fe- I feel like forgiveness is one of the biggest pieces to all this too. It was once I started not being as hard on myself once i started meeting myself with love and ease and grace and saying you know what like you're just doing the best that you can in this moment um i'm someone who very much believes that like luck is is preparation meeting an opportunity. So if I just show up for myself each day and have have my own you know, goals and if something happens and I miss my yoga because you know something came up, I don't beat myself up about it. I don't make myself feel like I'm off the path and I didn't get one of these exercises in. I'm like, oh, it's all good and I flow mm. with it and then I'll jump back in later on or I'll change my attitude during the day if I had a bad attitude. So it's not easy and you do it through practice and through mm. playing in the real life scenario And, you know, someone in your family calls you up and, you know, you answer the phone and you're like, oh my God, like I'm probably going to get triggered. Like so-and-so is calling. I know what they're going to talk to me about. I already know their opinion. Like that kind of thing a lot of times will spiral before something even happens. But one of my favorite tools I used to call upon and I still do, Archangel Michael all the time, surround me in white and blue light and protect me. I always had a, a fear and an anxiety of getting attacked. I'd been attacked as a kid. I thought, you know, that PTSD stuck with me and I had to really heal. It and take the time to do it, and I just remember like one year, probably like seven or eight years ago now, I was bartending and I'd have to like close down the bar at night and walk outside in the dark from um, the bar to my car, and I'd always be terrified every single night that someone was going to jump out and get me, and I'd have severe anxiety, so I had to like every night I would like take a breath, ask angel archangel Michael to surround me in white and blue light and protect me and shield me. And then I'd take a breath and I'd walk to my car and I'd say, I'm safe. It's okay. And I'd actually look up and survey the scene and make sure there was nothing around. And then I'd realize, you know, something really cool would happen. There'd be like a full moon and like an owl would fly by. Or like one time I remember hearing something and there was someone over there, but it was like, it was like nothing. It was like nothing to be even like threatened about at all. It was like just some woman walking late at night with like a stroller or something. And I was like, wow. So it's like these everyday moments where you, you take an opportunity to look into your trigger, to sink into it and say, okay, what is this? Yes, I got attacked when I was younger. Yes, that happened. Yes, it's living in my cells. I believe very much that trauma lives at a cellular level deep within our muscle bellies and that there's a combination of, of mind, body, soul, and spirit that it takes to kind of transmute that and to truly release it and forgive it and let it, let it go away. So as I started to do that every single day, it took a few months. But after a few months, I was like, wow. I love the nighttime. This is magic. And I started to connect with the stars again and cool things happened. And then before I know it, I was camping in the summer and, you know, seeing spaceships and stuff. So it was fantastic. And had I not taken the time to go into that wound or that trigger and, and allow myself the, the time that it, it deserved, takes a long time to program ourselves, it takes a long time. We live in an age of instant gratification, but the healing process and the ascension journey and the journey of consciousness doesn't, doesn't really work that way. We get nuggets, we get spontaneous awakenings sometimes, um, and things will happen for us to, to I think, um, help our path move along again. But it's, uh, it's crazy how it all works, but it's so beautiful, and it deserves time and integration and so much forgiveness and allowance and permission mm-hmm. to just be and interact with these energies.
1: I, um, my mind never ceases to amaze me of how much baggage and absolute rubbish it it latches onto, the stories i tell myself the versions of the stories um mm. the stories have their own seasons their own series their own everything um and listening to you speak there about about how we're hardwired how how we are programmed um i don't even think people realize sometimes I know I certainly didn't the depth of what it is we have attached to over the course and duration of our lives. Um so it's crazy. I I use um zero pointing as the process the process that I use for for identifying anything, I mean anything that I can um feel active that's that's literally draining or depleting or taken from my energy or anything that's stagnant. Um and it never ceases to amaze me. There are things that, like um, you know, a grown ass woman now. The the second that I'm taken right back into a period of my life that I didn't have the space, the bandwidth, the the um emotional intelligence to to work my way through. How they can have such a hold on us. Uh, Represent in the now moment obviously like we said earlier on for our own growth and expansion but how much they actually prevent us from living now from being happy from being in that joyful space by from by doing um anything that it is we really want to do from a place of of I don't know just escaping the monotony of of what what's after binding us um i also realized just how much we self sabotage mm. as a result of this um one of the projects i was working on today i was i was actually writing about it where i questioned why do we as humans when we have um a burst of flow of of ease of of you know spaciousness to create to change why do we hit that self-sabotage button why do we hit the self-destruct and and what is it that that fuels those things why are they always so hidden why are they concealed and why are we like old kids about just to go boom uh hovering over them we rob ourselves so many times of of these opportunities to grow um in in a in a playful way right because we're always growing we're always expanding but there was a huge realization that many times we're hardwired to believe that growth comes with pain growth right. comes with suffering growth comes with extreme contraction but growth can come with um epic expansion at the same time if we would only get the heck out of our own ways and um lean in to, to discovering what is dormant in there? what is asleep what is what is what is there that that wants or needs to come up so that we can have these experiences that that we didn't know we could before we can now why aren't we leaning into it what's stopping us what's restricting us um, which leads back into what I was speaking about earlier on when, when, when we started the conversation, which was um extreme resistance versus allowance. I have an opportunity to um, explore something in my world, like I was saying, and I must have thought of every reason under the sun why I shouldn't do it. I ignored all of the feelings in my body. Um, I, I immediately defaulted to nervousness, anxiety, anxiousness, apprehension, when if I was present with what it was, it was excitement. It was um, what if? It mm. was you know all of these things. But I, I witnessed myself. I witnessed myself go down so many rabbit holes of a worst case scenario. And if I hadn't done the zero pointing work on myself, I would have. I would. I would have bottled it straight away. Yeah. I would have bolted. I would have leaned away from from what it was that was trying to meet me, Um what I'm discovering in this, in this space of not touching my wounds, not touching um, anything that's uh, in my mind telling me how it should be to keep me safe. Um, I'm witnessing, to tie back into what you said earlier, the culmination of, of all of the things that I worked to uh, clear all of the good stuff, all of the access and all the wisdom from these experiences potentially come together so that I can be taken on a completely different trajectory that's unknown, uncertain, guaranteed, don't know what's happening, when it's happening, how it's happening, terrifies the shadow of me immediately. And a clear space between um, this gap, this spaciousness in between that, um. I have a choice point, whether I want to latch back onto my my uh, fears, my stories that I know I've cleared, and know I have. I worked my arse off to do it, or lean in with bringing on board all I've learned about myself and just playing full out, not worrying about what's happening. You know, not worrying about the consequences in in a in a need to be safe way, but mm. to um, experience life really like experience what's happening i think we we form so much attachment to i like this i don't like this i want this i don't want this um i've got to be this i can't be like this that we put ourselves into the most um constrictive positions where um our history is no choice but to repeat. Um, The task, which was something you spoke about earlier on, which was the the detaching, detach, you know, detaching from stuff. Can we possibly allow ourselves into this space of allowance, into the space of nothing, right? Don't touch a thing. Don't do a thing. Observe, observe, how your body feels when it decides to latch on to i like this i like you i like that or how your body feels when we go down the other rabbit hole of 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 absolute resistance i do not want to experience this no matter what i do not want to feel this no matter what how can can we as 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 humans can we as people can we as um caterpillars trying to break out of these little cocoons. Can we observe, not absorb? Can we become the witness and not attach to anything? That's what I'm trying to practice. Mm. That's what I'm consciously trying to practice at the moment. And I'm witnessing the chaos when I attach and the calm when I detach, it's not always easy. Like you said, it is a dance. It is, Whiplash, sometimes. Yeah, I had an experience. i like lying on the sofa the other day. Just, uh, I was watching like Grey's Anatomy. Right. I shared this in the group. I was watching Grey's Anatomy, and so I'm I'm plugged out from the world. I'm just watching an episode of this. Yeah. Which I've seen before, right? And there was okay. a, a scenario in it where one of the characters, his his father died, and I'm lying on the sofa. And all of a sudden, because I've created this space, waves, and I mean not even waves, tsunamis of grief literally hit me like a freight train. And in that moment, I miss my dad so much mm. right? Now he, he passed away in 2011, and I know um, I know the, the the ride with grief. Is waves, you know. I realized, I realized it was the trippiest shit happening, right? Because I'm 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 on the sofa, I'm watching Crazy Anatomy, I'm missing my dad. I'm feeling all of these emotions in my body. I'm I honestly, Mandy, felt like my heart was going to smash out through my chest. I miss this man yeah. so much, right? And it's not that I don't think about them often. I do. But this, this just happened to just come in and just go, right? Yeah. I, I, was, I was in my body experiencing it. I talked about something similar last week. So, but I was in my body experiencing this. Experiencing in real time, in that now moment, what grief, how grief felt in my physical body. And it felt like that complete, constricted, squished, don't know how to explain it and then my heart just wanted to smash out through my chest i paid attention to how it it affected my thoughts what was mm. i thinking at that time at the same time i was there going shit i never had this back then um i never had this because when it happened i was so involved in 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 the situation I was so involved with my despair, my my heartbreak, my loss, the loss of um the loss that my my family were going through. Um how I was going to function as as a human, a person, a mother, everything. I never had time to experience what I I got that day. And so I was like, "Wow," Just breathe. Okay, back in. Back in with it. It was like I was pulled out of it, thrown back into it, back out of it. Okay, what are you after experiencing now? Okay, well now I'm after experiencing um you know the the story I told myself in my head that made me feel even worse. It's felt, it's felt like a lifetime since I've spoken to my dad. I really miss him. And then in the same breath this this I don't know. I get stuck for words sometimes, but this wave came over me, and it's it's why I wrote the piece I wrote and shared the other day about waves mm. out of nowhere. Whatever I wrote, I wrote right. Um, and it was remember, pretty. It was
0: pretty beautiful, sister. I loved
1: it. But but that's that's what happened. So I'm I'm in this experience, and I'm like, I'm feeling all of this. I wanted to. I wanted to label it. I wanted to uh, tag it. I wanted to um, own it. I wanted to experience it, and I didn't. And I did. And I didn't. I realised I never had the space to feel any of this then. And you said something a few minutes ago about how we uh, uh, pack our experiences, pack our trauma, pack our um, pack our everything. We pack it all in. You know, and we bag it and we hold it and we 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 access it every now and again when we need to <laughs> um, deep dive into our bullshit story or else deep dive into how far we've come. Yeah. Normally we choose the latter, don't we? Though, um, and I just realised this is what we do. We 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 rob ourselves of fully feeling. Things as they unfold yes, all of the time. And then we wonder why five days, five weeks, five months, five years, 50 years down the line. The second that we um, have a repeat experience, we're instantaneously accessing all of the baggage that we've securely packed away because it was too painful uh, then to feel. Because it was so overwhelming and so big that we just compartmentalized it and packed it away. And that's what I learned that day. That's what I ended up writing then the piece I wrote. Because I couldn't believe that out of nowhere, all of this just organically happened
0: while I was watching (laughs) while I was watching Grey's Anatomy. And that's what happened. I think it's so cool because you let yourself finally, you've been Mm -hmm. working so hard on this path of ascension. And I see this all the time. Most of the time, we couldn't process it in the moment because it wasn't safe to. Whether it was our belief system, our conditioning, whoever we were around at the time, if we had to be a mom or, or get back to work or this or that, wasn't safe enough for us to Mm. unpack it. And so what will happen is randomly little things will happen when we're finally in a safe space and our higher selves and angels are like, oh, sweet Melissa or Mandy, whoever it is at the time, like you're all chill and relaxed. Now's the time we can do a little little help, a little surgery and let this come up and release Mm. so that we can heal and we can finally let this, this come up and be seen and be heard and be felt thoroughly in a really safe space. Sometimes it's like you got bullied as a kid and someone was really mean to you in like fourth grade. And, you know, it it shattered your heart that day, but you didn't get to process it or deal with it. So sometimes it'll come up just for healing. And we don't have to go back to that day and be like, so-and-so wrote this in the bathroom about me and it was horrible. And like, we don't have to go back and relive it. We just got to let it happen. And I loved how you explained how it felt like you were cracking open. Because a lot of times I feel like when we truly see our wounds and we allow ourselves to heal them and to release them, it does, it cracks us open into a whole nother level level of expansion and a capacity to love ourselves first and foremost and see Mm. the world through a different perspective. So even though that's an ugly experience and it's not fun to go through, it's so rewarding. Um, To touch back on what you said, feeling safe.
1: Mm. I think that that's that's immense for everybody. I don't know when the last time, I don't know any time when I could confidently say I felt safe within my skin, I felt safe within my space, I felt safe to open my mouth, speak my truth because I'm terrified about how it's going to be received, how you're going to process what I'm going to say, I don't want to upset you but I don't want to keep people pleasing. Um, That's just one one avenue of it and there's so many. Uh, Safe to be vulnerably you minus shame, Minus your stories, minus all of those things, and th- I, 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 get, I get snippets of it. I get, I, I. They're not. It's not constant. It's, uh, it's for sure not a constant thing. I know the second I'm about to put my my foot forward to do anything new, that same feeling uh, rises up in me and asks me, my, in my mind, to retreat, go back stand down and be safe. When I know, like I was saying earlier on, this feeling in my heart goes lean in, fall in, fall. Yeah. What's
0: the worst? I learned a long time ago, there's like often great reward on the other side of fear. So that's Mm -hmm. something I reprogrammed myself. I was like, oh, if I start to feel fear, wait a minute. And you were asking, how do you know the difference? Mm -hmm. One time I was watching, because it happens in our safe moments when we're doing nothing, chilling out. And I'm like doing some dishes and there's like Animal Planet or something on. And they show a scene of this antelope getting attacked by, or like chased by a lion. And the antelope's like running and totally going to probably get eaten, but somehow (laughs) that's a way. And um, they filmed the lion going one way and they filmed the antelope going the other way. And 10, I think they said it was like 12 minutes after the antelope started eating again. And I was like, healing my PTSD at the time. I'm like, how does this antelope just on it? That's when I learned like a little bit of unattachment. I was like, the antelope is so present, and it was just grazing. It needed to meet its needs. It was hanging. All of a sudden, it was under threat. It handled it. Its fight or flight went up because it felt it was out. Of, it was out of alignment, and that, that fight or flight, that adrenaline, that is there for us to know if there is stranger danger, if there is something coming. It has a very different feeling. And I'm not a mother in this lifetime yet, but my my moms always tell me, "Oh, my mother's intuition is a very different feeling than like you know these things and whatnot." And so. We have these intuitive things. And then there's a different energy when it's just fear coming up or anxiety that felt very different to me than when I feel like I have actual impending doom or I'm going to be like under attack. So when I watched this scene with the antelope, I was like, wow, that antelope completely just had an attachment to what had happened and said, wow, all right, I'm grateful. I'm safe the lion was going to come and get me, but not anymore. I'm not under attack anymore. I can calm down. I can breathe and I can go back to eating and back to my day and back to being present. Whereas if that happened to me, I'd be like, oh my God, this happened. And I got to go to therapy for eight years and all these things. And, um, cause I was trained to think that and you're trained often. That was part of the reason I did social work for a long time. And I left because I felt like we weren't empowering people to move beyond their triggers. We were encouraging them to know they were triggered, to repeat their story, and then just to make everyone else comfortable with them around their triggers all the time. Or, I get triggered so we can't do this. And I think that there's there's a balance between that because it is really important to create a safe space for people and let them be seen and heard, but then it can get out of control if we're constantly, every single person is acting out of a state of fear and anxiety and guilt and shame all the time or something that comes up. So I really liked the idea of learning how to empower myself and others and how to, um, Start to transmute some of these things and give myself the permission when the fear comes up to say, Okay, what is this fear? Am I getting attacked right now? Looking around, no, I'm safe. You know, it's okay. Um, am I, do I have a new opportunity coming in that could be really expansive for me? Yeah, and that makes me really nervous. And then the what ifs come in, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't? What if this happens? And then it's like, Okay, but what if something great happens? What if you lean into it and you're meant to be here? And just like everyone else, you stumble right through it, but if you do it with the best of your intention, integrity and your intentions and a pure heart at that time, you can't go wrong. No. And, you know, and once you really start releasing, comparing yourself to anyone or anything else and just tuning in to the subtlety of your own energy lane, then it'll tell you. It'll tell you little by little. And it's a dance. Mm. It's like going to Ninja Warrior Mindful School or something. And we learn it through these moments in life. And mm. just like you were talking about, like, I just feel like you finally had an opportunity. And that's happened for me many times where it was just safe enough to heal and to release some stuff that's no longer serving the next version of who we are in this now moment that we created. One of the ways
1: that I was able to identify, uh, or rather clarify what you're you're speaking about there was uh, silence. Mm. Really withdrawn from um, people, social media, uh, giving myself the space to do the things that I wanted to do, for example, like that day. I'd seen that episode years ago. <laughs> I don't know if I ended up watching it again. But I did. But in that space of silence, um, you know, I was able to experience that. And I think that if you can really silence the mind from even yourself, from from the bullshit stories you reiterate to yourself about yourself, that you can you can create you can create um A capacity to to do exactly that, to just feel your way, feel your way through it, you know?
0: That was the biggest missing piece for me was the mindfulness. I had been on this spiritual journey, on this consciousness journey, and I was getting all these gout attacks all the time and my doctors told me I wasn't and that I was crazy. And when they tested me for it, my like purine levels and different synovial fluid, things like that weren't adding up for like getting gout attacks. And they're like, you're a young woman, you shouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I'm overweight. It runs on both sides of my family. I wake up with these crazy attacks and can't walk for days or weeks and stuff. And it wasn't until I got ankle reconstruction that they found the gout crystals. And I was like, I knew it. I had this for like 10 years. And I remember my surgeon at the time, because I said, thank you. He's like, like, i've never heard anyone tell me thank you for telling them they have gout but okay and i was like no because i I've, I've thought i had it for a long time and now i can figure out what's going on here mm. and so i looked it up i had finally i only learned about louise hey you could heal your life in 2017 when i went to rise sister rise retreat with rebecca campbell and she mentioned it for helping her and a lot of people and it was right around the time louise had transitioned uh And it was like my whole body vibrated. And it was one of those, oh, you need to go dive into that for a while. And I remember the first time I was really sick. I wasn't feeling good. Um, My mom read it to me. She was like, she came upstairs and was hanging out with me and was like, I'll read it to you. You got to read this. She started reading it first. And I was like, awesome. And everything started to make sense. And I was like, this was what I was missing this whole time. Because the emotional reason for creating gout attacks was impatience and need to dominate. And I'm like, what? I'm so patient. And kind and helpful. Like, what are they, what are they talking about? But I was a bitch to myself. I would call Mm -hmm. myself that ugly bitch all day, every day. I was never doing good enough. I always could have done a better job. I was always beating myself up. I was impatient with spirit and my angels and wanting to know things. Once I became aware of that, and you know, I definitely changed my diet a little bit and stuff too, but becoming aware of that, I um I didn't have another gout attack after that. And I'll feel sometimes, I'll feel like my, my feet will sometimes feel a little gouty or arthritic or something. And I'll take a breath and I'll take a beat and I'll be like, what, what was I just thinking about? What was I doing in my head all morning today? Oh yeah, you know what? I was being really impatient and I was dominating myself. And okay, I love you, Mandy. I forgive you. Reel it back in. And it's this subtle work and this conversation with ourselves all the time. Mm. And that's what, when we can get to be truly present and not be in the conversations, it doesn't mean it stops. It just comes through thought by thought. And you can literally say, stop out. Like, I just want to receive and be. And I don't need to be attached to my story or anyone else's at all. And I yeah. think we're, you know, our little, like myself, Mandy, like I'm important in this journey. That's the other thing is like we, we there's a balance between heart and ego. And there's a balance between stepping into your soul. And I think our ego is us in this lifetime. It's Melissa in this lifetime, Mandy in this lifetime, It's it's a combination of our ancient wisdom with all of the knowledge and experiences that we gained in this lifetime, which I believe are sacred, and we chose to incarnate and experience in this lifetime. So as much as the ego can get out of control, it's important to love and acknowledge the version of ourselves we're creating in this lifetime, because this is the only one that we came to do this one in our book of many amazing lifetimes. And our soul deserves that that co-creation and that union with your ego. So a lot of joy, a lot of laughter. I dance a lot. I take like five dance breaks a day. You'll start to feel the subtle energies run through your body and you can pay attention to what's coming up. But like you said, and like I said, it takes a long time and ease and grace and time for integration and just forgiveness in each moment and encouraging yourself to do the best you can in that moment. And sometimes that's resting for a day. Sometimes that's crying. Sometimes it's climbing a mountain. Just depends on where you're lined up that day. And if you allow yourself to follow your heartstrings. And then if you do, the universe gives you a high five. Then you're like going through your day. You're like, all right, I did some yoga. I chugged some water. It's 11-11. Thanks, angels. <laughs> like, I'm like, angels are giving me a high five. Pat on the back, you know, or three, three, three. You get your little signs. You get your like, you're doing a good job from your higher self. And it gives you a little boost. And you're like, I'm back in the game. All right. So for me, it's just been grace, love and forgiveness and an open mind as much as possible and allowing myself to explore the things. That's the thing. A lot of people you were saying, will go back. Why do we keep doing this over and over? Because it's comfortable. It's what we knew. Even though it was horrible and it was painful and it's not fun, it's comfortable and it's what we know. And sometimes... Freedom And once you heal, I work with a lot of people and myself, once you heal, after all of your, your traumas and dramas, you know, the journey of healing is never really over. But that when you get to this place where you get to adjust to peace, that's a whole nother adventure. Mm-hmm. After you've your whole life been, you know, surviving and trying to thrive, um, when you have to adjust to peace, that's a whole nother thing. So, yeah. you know, the adventure never ends. Um, one of my best friends talks all the time about um
1: changing up the physical energy um when you when you hit that that point um that you're talking about you're talking about the dancing and the the moving and the movement and um she she always talks about change up your physical energy to anchor in a new um a new neural pathway even because i agree I mean, I'm a huge advocate of Louise Hay's work also. You're undealt with emotions manifest into physical form every time. So your body's always communicating with you where you need to, or what you need to give your attention to. Um, if we're too busy, we're we're never going to even, we're never going to pay attention. And if we are doing what you are talking about a minute ago, basking in uh, familiarity and comfort, um, We're definitely not going to give ourselves any opportunity to, to expand or grow there either. It's kind of crazy. I love what you said there about even when we venture into the opposite, that's nearly impossible to navigate.
0: Oh, especially if you're a thriver and a survivor and someone who's Mm. like, I like Lee Harris always says a recovered empath, kind of like a recovered like Catholic or something like that. Someone who's had like (laughs) serious conditionings for a long time, you know, because it's like we are, we're empathic and it's such a Mm. superpower, but we can let those feelings run wild and create stories and and waste this amazing, potent life force that we have. And I Mm. did it all. I was there for sure. Super drama, trauma queen, not understanding Mm. why people didn't understand my sensitive emotions especially as a child. But now I realize those opportunities were coming up for me to use them and, and transmute them and help to shift them into to co-creation for what it is. I want to want to create for myself and and this world as much as possible. But mm-hmm. we didn't stand a chance. No one taught us that. In fact, you mm-hmm. know, I feel very much we were taught the opposite of that for a reason to not connect with our higher selves and our, our divine light from the time we're little beings, which I feel like yeah. we come in connected to. So, you know we didn't stand a chance, and that's why we need to meet ourselves with love and ease and grace. And no, there's a reason we're all getting these crazy downloads. There's a reason we all want to want to heal and know that this mm-hmm. rise and grind ment- mentality we're doing is is distracting us and, and defeating us and not allowing us to come and co-create in this world. And all these yeah. systems that we created aren't serving us anymore. So every mm-hmm. single person is getting a little nudge about what that's about during this crazy time, and we have an opportunity to just keep showing up. And like I said, in my mind, it's like Ninja Warrior school every day. Like, what's going to happen today? Like, here we go. And sometimes, you know, like, you do. You have to honor things and firm boundaries or sacred anger will come up and mm-hmm. that's loud. That's the thing. We get into these things where, oh, it's egoic to not have a feeling. And it's like, no, we need to process our feelings and the emotion when they come up. Can we spin out of control? Can we spiral? Can we swing the pendulum too far? Absolutely. And when you do, it's about saying, coming back to yourself and saying, hey, let myself get pretty out of control there. Let me like, you know, ease that in. And then the more we just show up with life, the more we, we have chances and we grow we learn and we mature quick question when you're
1: in the experience of of what you know to be sacred anger right uh nikki hammett calls it divine wrath i love it right divine wrath um but when you're in the middle of, of of that experience do you ever uh what's the word jump lanes from sacred anger to The stagnant one. Do they ever collide in the same conversation? And if they do, if they do, do you you recognize it, if it happens, when it happens,
0: and go, ah, shit. Interesting. I don't know about them colliding together. I'm trying to think. Did I tell you, Melissa and I like to chit-chat a little bit, did I tell you about the the fight I got into the other morning with a police detective? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did, but I'd love you to share it anyway. So it's 8 in the morning. I get up. I take my dogs out most of the time between 7 and 8. They go to the bathroom. I come back. I stretch. I do my gratitudes. And I do like a morning meditation before I go and open my Facebook and deal with the world and all that so like, <laughs> you're laughing already? So I'm laying down and I'm doing my little meditation. And all of a sudden, I hear this vicious dog fight outside my window. And I open the window and there's – I learned during the conversation, he's a police detective. But this man who is, and you know what? I'm just going to describe people because why not? I don't even care. He was, he looked like, I would say like a, like a overweight Irish dude, probably like six feet. Whoa, whoa, what do we the Irish? What are you yeah, in the he, Irish in here? Red, <laughs> and, um, and like, yeah. And he was just, I don't know. He had a little bit of red, his, he lost most of his hair, but just a tinge of like reddish and, um, and, uh. White in the back. It made me think Irish at first, but I don't know, especially just uh, the way I could see from far away. And then there was just a very tall, um, tall, skinny black man who was walking his dog, and his dog was off leash, but it had a service animal vest on. And the service animal went up to the guy who was walking the police dog, which was a German shepherd, and the German shepherd attacked the, um, the dog, the service dog, and the police officer stood there with his chest up. And that's why I keep seeing the red because like he was red and his face was red. And he just stood there holding this dog and let it just eat this other dog, just attack it. And I flew my window up and I was like, stop, because the man, the, the guy with the service dog was standing there like, stop, help. He was crying. Like it was terrible. And the police officer was just letting this happen. And I see this guy all the time and I wave and I don't know his name yet, but we wave and say hello. And I have three dogs. So they started to like separate. And the one guy was yelling, the guy with the service dog was yelling at the detective saying, my dog is trained. Like what the heck? And he's like, you shouldn't be off leash. That's what he gets. And so I came down the stairs and I said, hi, I'm Mandy. I am your neighbor. What was that? And he's like, I'm a narcotics detective. I could have had that guy arrested. I'm like, for what? Not having his dog on a leash? He's like, yeah, the dog should be leashed up. I'm like, accidents happen though. I was like, you let your dog attack that dog. You didn't say a word. You said nothing. He's like, well, I'm a narcotics detective and I could have had this guy arrested. And I said, I I don't care. I was like, if I come down and my stairwell is blind, so if my dogs come down the stairwell on their leash and come nose to nose with his dog where they walk every day, I'm like, is is your dog going to eat my dog? I was like, and I got mad. I was like, your dog needs to go back to school if that's the case. I was like, and you didn't do anything. You didn't stop it. And then he just got mad at me and Kristen and walked away. And now he's been walking because I can see everything in like this bigger loop. So I know we're going to have another heart to heart. But it, that was the sacred anger in me was it doesn't matter if you're a detective. It doesn't matter if, you know, this isn't too innocent, like an innocent dog that went up to another dog that like, yeah, the dog is a working dog or this or that but it should be trained. And the cop like was on a high horse, basically, being like, he deserved that. And I could have that guy arrested. I'm like, you don't even know. You know nothing. You were just walking through by some guy in the morning. And my neighbor witnessed it too. So like we all witnessed the same thing. And so for me, that was sacred anger. And that was something that just came bubbling up through me. And there are times where I wouldn't have said a word. I would have just watched it happen and then it would have upset me. It would have created PTSD all day. I would have been like thinking, when's the next time this is going to happen? Am I going to run into this on like, you know, when this happens? But I was proud of myself in that moment because I determined it all safe. Like once like they, you know, they separated and broke up and I felt like I needed to speak some truth. I was like, this happened right in front of my house where I come down like every day, like this isn't okay. And so afterwards, like I was fired up, but I felt so much better and i feel like if i didn't act on that or if i just let it it would keep stewing it would have been stewing now for like two or three days instead i let myself act upon it you know and i did it took it took me probably a good 20 or 30 seconds before i opened the window and yelled stop like i watched it for a while but he just kept letting it happen so something had to happen and this man standing there crying i was Mm -hmm. like it broke my heart
1: yeah, well, I don't know. That's my answer to that. You, you, uh, <laughs> you were messaging me just after that happened, and I mean, I could hear evidently in the messages, the voice messages that you were sending that it was quite upsetting for you. I think um, the the gift in these scenarios is that with each and every interaction for every person, there's the opportunity for growth for each one, yeah. if we decide to take it or if we decide to uh, deny it. It's another ball game, like you said you you know you would have harbored resentment and um frustration at yourself, even for not speaking up, so the key there, you know listening to you is to identify what it is you need if for every person in a scenario like that, what it is you need and operate and act from there if we remember to do that and not let the opposite anger come out. <laughs>
0: Well, that's Which I'm me, likely to hold on to it, and I would astute. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I already invited a conversation. I gave him my number. I looked him or my name. I looked him in the eyes, and if I see him again, I'll I'll invite in a heart to heart. Like that's how mm-hmm. I am. I'll be like, can we talk again about the other day? And he can choose to come or not. You know, yeah. so we'll see. But for me, it was like. I had to do something. And that's not usually me. I'm I'm usually a little more live and let live, a little passive. But in that situation I felt like I was the only one witnessing it and the only extra voice to support, you know, mm. the man crying and the dog getting attacked. So I was like, yeah. All right, I'm going in. <laughs>
1: you, you gotta you got honor you, don't you? Whatever that looks like. Honor you. Yeah, me too. Well, listen, I really appreciate you jumping on here. I know you have some other plans hot on the heels of this conversation. So I just wanted to say thanks. And I just want to say thanks to everybody who jumped in and uh, made comments and joined us this evening. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me. It was such an honor to hold space with you, sister. This has been just wonderful.
1: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Until next time. We'll see you all later.
0: Sounds good. Bye.
1: Bye.